Good morning, historians of the internet and pod and the podcast. Today's podcast might be a little short. I'll, I'll try to make it not typically long. Um, it's going to be over General James Longstreet, a revered general for the CSA. So let's jump right in. Welcome to Old History. Uh, I was really just trying to figure out what I wanted to do this morning. What would be a good uh, topic to discuss? Haven't really done General Longstreet that much. So without further ado, let's dive right in. The soon-to-be general was born January the 8th, 1821, in Edgefield, South Carolina. Longstreet would attend the United States Military Academy at West Point from 1838 to 1842. Now, I'm getting ahead of myself. He was born to very successful farmers uh, in in Edgefield and would spend time between Georgia and Alabama, and he had a particularly famous uncle, Augustus Longstreet, who I believe was a comedian. Although they weren't called that back then. Um, No, anyway, during his time at West Point, he was part of a class that included General U.S. Grant and General George Pickett. But while he was an affable cadet, Longstreet wasn't really a good student. He finished 54th in a class of 56. Wow. So an interesting fact is that in 1848, Longstreet was U.S. Grant's best man at his wedding, as the two were very close friends. So much so that in 1868, when Grant ran for president, he had the unwavering support of General Longstreet, although this contributed to quite a few character attacks. It made a lot of Southerners pretty mad that a Southern general supported a Northern president, especially during, you know, the Reconstruction. So continuing on, following his graduation at West Point, Longstreet was commissioned as a second lieutenant in the 4th U.S. Infantry and spent his first two years of service in the Jefferson Barracks in Missouri. He would go on to see his first combat action in the Mexican-American War, participating in several battles, although he would get a serious leg wound and had to spend a few years down during peacetime. So, moving on to the Civil War, Longstreet had some pretty serious reservations about the South seceding from the Union, although he would be devoted to serving the interests of the South. At the start of the Civil War, he resigned from the U.S. Army and offered his services to Alabama. He was then sent to Richmond, Virginia, and commissioned as a Brigadier General under P.G.T. Beauregard. Now, I'm not going to go over all of his action during the Civil War, as if somebody wants to read that, you can read The Campaign to Nowhere by David C. Smith which is an entire book on General Longstreet and his actions. Almost. Almost all of it's over Longstreet. So, in October 1861, he was promoted to Major General and given control of the division. His first significant action being during the Peninsula Campaign, when the CSA halted General George McClellan's march towards Richmond. And perhaps his most famous victories of all, or at least one of them anyway, came during the Battle of Antietam, which which is known as one of the bloodiest battles during the entire Civil War. During this battle, Longstreet took up a defensive stance against the Union Army, many times larger than his own division. And this action earned Longstreet a promotion to Lieutenant General, along with General Stonewall Jackson, 
uh, Longstreet and he would be among the most trusted field commanders in all of Lee's Army of Northern Virginia. Longstreet would go on to participate in the Battle of Gettysburg Theater, which would end in a pretty major Confederate defeat. He would go on to try to siege Knoxville. Now, I'm going to butt in here and kind of backtrack a little bit. When Longstreet tried to take Knoxville, it didn't really end up too well. So he retreated and came up through Bean Station and ended up here in Morristown at the Longstreet headquarters that we now know of. And during the winter of 63 to 64, his entire army stayed here in Amblin County. And at the Cane Mill, which was which would have been located about a quarter of a mile just, just up from it, it is said that the mill ran night and day the entire winter of 1863 to 64 just to feed his men. Now the Cane Mill was known as one of the biggest mills in this area for the time. So, in his later years, after the Civil War, Longstreet would move to New Orleans and would serve briefly, briefly as the adjutant general of the state's militia. And during this time, he ordered a group of African-American militiamen to quell a riot by a white citizens group. Now, this would further damage his reputation, quote-unquote, in the South further. There's already pretty damaged after supporting U.S. Grant. And he would flee the state of Louisiana, uh, fearing for his family's safety, and would move somewhere into Georgia. He would serve as the U.S. ambassador to Turkey in 1880 to 81, and then as a railroad commissioner. And then in the late 1890s, shortly before his death, he would try to refute the many attacks on his character, which had been placed on him by so many Southerners, in his Memoirs from Manassas to, 18, uh, to Appomattox. Longstreet would die in 1904, the ripe old age of 82. I know I'm missing a lot of a lot on his biography here that I'm making, but uh, really, I, there's there's enough information about Longstreet to write another entire book on. So if I missed anything, please send me a message on the Facebook page or send me an email. Uh, maybe give me some facts that I may not have known, and I'll I might post them to the Facebook page. So that being said, let's uh, hope everybody has a pretty great Saturday.